0: Hey Tim, how's
1: it going? Hey David, it's going fantastic. Sunny like day here. Shirt. Yeah man, my uh my boy got into tie dyeing and he said, uh, "Hey, you got any shirts I could tie dye?" And I'm like, uh, well, I got a bunch of libertarian shirts here. Try it. let's see how this turns out." I think it turned out pretty good. Yeah, I kind of want to make, sell make it. A, I should. You should yeah, sell actually some tie
0: dye shirts.
1: Some uh, some kid from uh from Ireland reached out to me and uh, is looking for like libertarian party memorabilia from all over the world. He's collecting memorabilia from all different libertarian parties. So maybe I'll send him one of these shirts or something. Cool. But uh, yeah, cool.
0: So today we wanted to talk about uh, Trump's let's call it feud with Twitter and I guess social media more broadly, but he probably seems to be specifically targeting Twitter You had posted about it on Facebook and I replied and we want to get into the details about that a bit more because basically a lot of people are painting his action as like a direct attack on social media and the government trying to take control of social media and you know, better that Twitter censors you rather than the government censors you and these sorts of things. Right. And so I want to get out front with my view and say, yes, yes, Twitter and the social media platforms have every right to do whatever they want on their platform. They can censor whoever they want, right? Mm -hmm. It's their property. It's their right to distribute and show whatever they want. And the government has no place in that. But the fundamental thing that's going on as far as I can understand it from this executive order that was issued wasn't an explicit attack on social media companies. It was saying that if they're going to exercise that right, we need to change the way we look at these companies. Because basically, publishers of content are held accountable for the content they publish, right? Um, And whether or not that's right and to what degree that could be right is a different issue. The issue at play here is that social media companies had claimed an exemption to those publishing rules because they're saying they're not the publisher the individual is the publisher they don't control the content on their platform each individual does so they should be exempt from these rules but now you're seeing well no they are curating they're they have an idea ideology and they're choosing to only show content in line with their ideology Right. That's the claim. And so if that's true, that is much more directly analogous to newspapers, to TV stations that choose and curate the content they put out. So that would remove the legitimacy of this exemption, because it's not that everyone can put out their opinions. YouTube is consciously choosing what type of content to put out. And so it's basically saying you can't have your cake and eat it, too you can't choose to censor some content and then claim you're not having any control over the content on your platform. So I think that to me, that's the crux of the issue and what this thing focuses on. And I think that's a good thing to determine, right? Um, And you know, whether or not what rules there should be around uh, publishing generally is a different issue, but you know, I don't think they can have their cake and eat it too. They can't claim to be a public forum, right? They call it like the town square rule or something, right? Like they don't, if you own a town square, you can't control what every crackpot crackpot is yelling. Right. But if you are controlling that, then it's a different issue.
1: Yeah and you know that's that's fair enough. Uh, I mean section 230 of the uh, communications in uh, decency act it was designed to protect internet providers uh, or computer service providers from um from liability that a publisher might face and it was right. kind of put into this act and I don't know if you know anything about the communications decency act it was brought in in 96 to um its its purpose wasn't to uh, grant some kind of legal protection uh, to the internet. It was actually to regulate speech on the internet. It was brought in to um, clamp down on indecency on the internet. They were really worried about widespread porn mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So it had this kind of, um, conservative tinge to it of we, we have to make sure that uh, the, the, the internet doesn't become this place of debauchery or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then uh, then I think the House added in uh, this section 230 because they were worried about um, the internet being uh, constant, constantly sued or whatever for people putting right. things on on it um yeah and and, i mean we could argue and i think you know we've made a good case in a previous episode i'd recommend to my to listeners to go back and look at our defamation episode um where i think i make a pretty solid case as to why defamation uh should be should be considered free speech that you should be able to defame uh that that it's part of free speech to defame to lie about people because you don't have the right to uh what other people think of you uh that's their mind, the contents of their mind are not your property. And so, you know, if, if they, and you can't, you know, you can't, um, tell people they can't lie, like lying can't be illegal unless it's the lie causes you harm in that it, it, it causes you, um, ill health or it, it harms you like physically or the lie harms you, your property. So in other words, you give, someone your money in exchange for, a, uh, some be- magic beans that turn out not to be magic or something like that. Uh, they, if they lie to you, uh, that's fraud, right? Or if they tell you you're a blind person and they tell you to step forward and you, you fall into traffic, uh, because someone told you it was safe again, they've harmed you with a lie. Um, but since you're not entitled to other people's money or what they think about you, defamation, can't be um, considered harm because it's not harming you. It's just changing what other people think of you. Uh, anyways, I'm trying to remember where I was going with this. Yeah, so so 230. So as far as I'm concerned, section there shouldn't even be a section 230. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if we're going to have like what it essentially is doing is is. Um, it's trying to deal with the negative unintended consequences of of defamation law, as far as I can tell, in that America has become extremely litigious in terms of defamation and liability thereof, right? And, and there's a lot of problems with the legal system there. You know, the fact that you can, like, you, you can launch kind of frivolous lawsuits for defamation, and just inflict legal costs on someone else who hasn't even defamed you or something like that yeah you know trump is famous for doing this for example he he launched a defamation against uh uh bill maher when he bill maher said that his dad was an orangutan during a joke on part of his show or something like that and and so you know that kind of thing just inflicting legal legal harm on people that shouldn't be allowed. You, you need a system where, if it's a frivolous lawsuit, you have to bear the cost and responsibility of that that lawsuit. I mean, I would I would almost prefer to see. But, anyways, so this is legislation that's trying to protect people uh, from, um, you know, from just an onslaught of of lawsuits that are going to occur. So, I, I don't think that. It, you know even given the legal landscape where we have defamation um, you know everyone should the, the law should equally apply to everyone like you know you having a platform um, and and moderating that platform shouldn't protect you from liability uh, I don't think but I, I you know I honestly think that the courts leave it up to the courts so I have no problem removing section two thirty uh, from Everything. Uh, I, I don't see why we even need Section 230 at all. But beware of the the um, the erosion of liberties here, because if they can sue Twitter or Facebook for moderating conversations and curating content, why couldn't they they um, hit a university, let's say, for allowing a right-wing speaker like Ben Shapiro or someone like that? For speaking on their campus, and um, and then the university be liable for the speech that these uh, these controversial figures are, are are saying on their university campus. And do you really want that? So
0: I I won't get too much into the defamation because I'm not certain I agree with you, but I've not thought about it enough, or at least not since we last talked about it. But I think, I mean, you do see that that conversation about universities has also come up. Should they lose government funding if they don't, aren't yeah. a public square, and these sorts of things. I think, um, so I think it's an important point, and I still agree that the this should not be regulated in this way regardless. I don't off the top of my head have if any and if what regulation should be there, but you know, I inherently, or I tend towards there shouldn't be any, right, but in the current landscape, it really comes down to, we have like a new layer of infrastructure, let's call it. Right. So like the, the idea behind this exemption is so like an actual internet service provider like Rogers isn't held liable for what is posted on the internet through Rogers. Right. Cause it's like, right. they don't monitor that. They couldn't monitor that. And so if there's even if there's fraudulent action, ta- like actually fraudulent action taken mm-hmm. via Rogers, you know, just because I have a Rogers Internet connection, that shouldn't make Rogers liable for the crimes that's, that are committed via that um, Internet connection. Right? right. But it's tending towards, you know, maybe if I'm consistently committing crimes on Facebook and Facebook knows I'm committing crimes and they don't stop it would they be liable? And so, I mean, that's a more extreme example. Talking about speech is more difficult, but the whole idea is these kind of, so let's call it software infrastructure companies, Twitter, Facebook, Google, they're essentially infrastructure on the internet, right? And so does this infrastructure on the internet get grouped with literal physical infrastructure like Rogers or get grouped with publishers? And it's a new phenomenon. So people don't really know how to deal with it. Um, personally, I think a more successful digital infrastructure company would actually want to play the more unbiased third party role and just create systems with sub ecosystems the same way. That's kind of what you see with television. There's the companies that lay the cables and then there are sub companies. Fox is liable for what is said on Fox news, right? Um, and so I think you could have that additional layer and that would change things. But for the current situation, it really is these, let's call it digital infrastructure companies, which way, how are they treated? And I think it is dependent on how they decide to act. Right. So
1: Well, and let's say we have a, a website where we allow our, um, our followers to um, network with each other and comment on, Uh, what each other are are doing and and different things like that and let's say we want to uh, moderate that because we don't want a bunch of swearing or different you know like like we want to create a productive environment Uh, do you think that we should be held liable for what uh, people are posting if we start curating and kind of moderating content
0: well so that's the thing I don't think I can solve this right here, right now. Right. I think it's a complex issue. And the fundamental answer is no, none of this should probably be regulated at all. Right. Anything that can be uh, illegal should be just controlled, should be monitored online by the police the same way it would be in person. Right. They should have tools and mechanisms to just enforce explicit laws online. Right. That is what should happen. But in that vein, I would say it does seem like forums and like allowing conversation and modern conversation is different than vast publication. Right. And so that's, it's the claim is that these companies are now acting in some manner as publishers. I think it's worthy of investigation. um, But I, again, I think none of this should actually be happening. Right. And so that's why it's, it's, yeah. I don't know my, I, I struggle to know my exact stance because it's like, well, uh, there's some quote, it's like the, the least productive thing you can do is make something more efficient that shouldn't be done at all, right? So it's <laughs> right, like, right. Uh, so it's like, okay, I do think in the current context, this is a good conversation to have and probably a step in the right direction. But I think the entire context is likely wrong. So uh, it's just difficult to make sense of nonsense, right?
1: Well, if you read this executive order, there's a few things that should stand out that should trouble you, right? So as soon as it's opening line, when it starts talking about protections against online censorship, uh, the opening line is, it is the policy of the United States to foster clear ground rules promoting free and open debate on the internet um that sends a few chills down my spine because that's not the role of government the role of government is right, to protect well, property rights and the individual yeah. right it's not to promote free and open debate on something that's privately owned and operated um so that that's something and and yeah. then you know you can go through some of the the you know section 5 so we we've kind of talked about the section 230 removal of protection from section 230 um that's part of it. And that's the one that most people are focusing on and and are excited about because now, uh, you know, it basically strikes back at Twitter. It makes them accountable. It says either act, either allow totally unfettered moderation, uh, like no moderation or, um, you, you, you're going to pay for, (laughs) for, um, you put out for, for, you know, uh, zucking me. Right. And, and, you know, I think that's, I'm a little troubled by the cheerleading for all this because it's, you know, Louis CK had a bit about this. Like 10 years ago or so, we never had this ability to broadcast our crappy opinions to the world. Right. Um, you know, the, these tech companies created the ability for us to radically improve our freedom of expression you know mm-hmm. we've never had that ability that freedom to reach so many people in the world and so like what would we be better off without these tech platforms since they're so evil of course not right, right. And louis ck has this bit where he's like you know he's traveling on this plane and he's like first of all i'm going from coast to coast in a few hours this used to take right. months and months by uh, you know wagon yeah. <laughs> by by covered wagon and and now they've come up with this brand new technology where i can actually surf the internet while i'm in the air and this is super exciting and he says his partner and and then they get up in the air and the and the wi-fi doesn't work and And this lady starts complaining immediately something you that never even existed like five minutes ago and you're complaining now that you're not, right? It's not working perfectly for you, right? And that's kind of the attitude I see with Facebook. It's like these guys are terrible. While it, while you're complaining on Facebook, which is you know kind of like yeah. Neil Young complaining about CO2 emissions while having the largest carbon footprint of any human being, kind of thing. Um, but okay, let's let's move on to to this next section here, where Section Five, the Attorney General shall establish a working group regarding the potential uh, enforcement of state statute. So they're creating government departments here. Um, Section 6, the Attorney General shall develop a proposal for federal legislation that would be useful to promote the policy objectives of this order. And again, the policy objectives are to regulate the internet um, and, and enforce whatever the government wants on the internet, basically. No, but no, they no determine more is-
0: so than before, right? That's what I'm saying. Is this is an investigation into how the current regulations should apply to these companies, right? right. So that's what I'm saying. It's not. It's not good, but it's like trying to sort through where this new phenomenon fits, right? Sure. When they when the internet came about, they didn't think there'd be these kind of
1: but, but look this this uh, I don't right? I don't give. Trump that much credit to him thinking this is I mean this is all about scoring political points you know I just got a I just got a uh uh an email from Trump today uh Twitter official Twitter Twitter accountability survey they ask you to take this survey uh and hear the questions and and you're obviously they imagine that their supporters are going to answer yes to all of these do you believe Twitter purposely silences conservative voices yeah that's pro- probably true do you believe t- Twitter is biased against conservative voices? Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Do you believe it infringes on free speech for Twitter to fact check its users? Uh, no, obviously not. But they mm-hmm. want you to put yes, right? Do you want? Do, do you think Jack Dorsey, CEO of Twitter, wants Trump to lose in November? Do you agree that social media platforms like Twitter have gone unchecked for too long? <laughs> do you think? Do you agree with President Trump that social media like Twitter should be regulated? You know, uh, just stuff like right. that. Do, no, you, I, do you do? you agree that Twitter should be combating the lies and propaganda coming from China? Right. Hey, so, hey, I is mean, is Trump that Twitter's campaign. job?
0: No, but again, this is that's a Trump campaign thing, yes. right? So they can do whatever they want there as well. That's not directly applicable to the government. I read the executive order, and it didn't seem like Trump just bashing stuff down our throats to me. Again, like I said, this is all wrong, right? This is all, right. this all should not be happening, but I don't view it as this is the alarming thing, right? You have to look at the entire view of these private organizations. And I think it's, it is a bad trend that you have conservatives largely going rah, rah, censor these companies, regulate these companies because they're, quote, censoring us, right? It's the same BS that the liberals always complain right. about, Uh, you know, if you don't like something, build a better system, build a system where you can have your conservative views, or you can have a real objective system, right? Right. uh,
1: Yeah. And and, and in a lot of ways, this is a pushback against um, the left trying to regulate social media as well, right? So the the left Mm -hmm. wants social media to censor in a leftist way, right? right? And of course, these silicone uh, tech companies are right in the strongholds of Uh, democratic controlled areas right in Silicon Valley but that is
0: their business prerogative if they honestly think it's a better business uh, if it gets their business ahead to give in to these like screaming shrieking millennials like that's their right to make that bad decision right Um, right but
1: it's not it's not just that it's it's Look, we had we saw this with the the Russia collusion thing, right? And and how Facebook was held responsible for Trump winning and for uh, you know, like Twitter and and Facebook were allowing um you know, were Russia to hack the what election.
0: What, well, they, they they were or?
1: Zuckerberg was hell was called before Congress numerous times yeah. uh, to, to, you know, and, and of course he wants to play ball with the government. He wants to get right, on the right. right side of the issue. And so if he sees things going towards, listen, maybe we need to start moderating and regulating things a bit more in fact checking a bunch of fake news and, and doing all these things. Maybe that's what we need to do to, to stay out of the government's crosshairs. And now that's putting them in Trump's crosshairs because, they're fact checking him. And as soon as they fact check Trump, he drops this executive order. Um, you know, th- these, this is like, to me in a lot of ways, these tech companies are caught in the middle of this politics and they're trying to be play game. Well, Yeah, Well, now, that's the, other-
0: the nature of the gang yeah. warfare politics, which gang is going to like, where do I fit in? Where do I align my, my uh, company with? So it's impossible. But I think again, that's why the solution is, that there should be for things that are like objectively against the law. And let's call, let's say that the Russian interference was like a foreign interest using Facebook nefariously. That's up to the government, like the actual police forces to deal with not Facebook, right? It's not Facebook's job. Like if I own a warehouse, it's not my job to prevent people from breaking in and using it for criminal activity. Right. Uh, I would call the police to do that. Right. So I think, again, this, the whole way we're viewing all of these issues is, is wrong, right? Like, we need to get out of the internet and look at it the same way we look at physical reality and say, okay, no, when there are nefarious things going on, it is the police who have to deal with that in the same manner they would with physical uh, reality
1: yeah that that's right, yeah so you know if Facebook hurt you somehow show draw on a diagram where it hurt you and bring it to the police station, and they will go arrest facebook for you um i like that I like that approach
0: no, I meant more so people on like people using Facebook, right, to defraud and if we if oh yeah is, yeah right uh right that's what i'm saying is is these tech companies the only way they should let's call it work with the government would be to train police and like so let's say facebook maybe has fifty thousand people who monitor for sensitive content for uh, you know child pornography and these sorts of things i don't view that as their job right like the internet is massive and the, the, what they should do if they are working with government is create training programs and tools to help government if they want to, to prevent crime from happening in their vicinity, right? The same way I'm, you know, if I owned a, a an amusement park, I'd want a back entrance for the ambulance and the police car so they can get in quickly to help if something, if there's a crime at Canada's Wonderland, right? Um, sure. And these sorts of things. So it's, it's more that sort of relationship that needs to be built, whereas they're trying to kind of create their own ecosystem and control it completely. And, and it just doesn't make sense to me the, the way they're trying to do it. But
1: Well, I mean, in, in part, they're, they're enhancing their users experience of their product by getting rid of, you know, child porn. Right, yeah, no. because I don't I, want to yeah. see that pop up on my Facebook feed. So, right. you know, they're they're monitoring things and they're trying to curate a, a an environment where, um, where the users are going to enjoy it, uh, right. but while But I'm saying trying through, to appease the government
0: through that mechanism. That should be the only mechanism. Like, it should not be Facebook's job. Well, and it's so, not their
1: job to police or prosecute or do any of those kinds right. of things or enforce, right?
0: And then, and yeah. in, and in terms of this, brings it back to like they have every right to delete whatever they want off their platform because they're trying to give the best product possible. And if conservatives don't like it, if anyone doesn't like it, move. Get off the platform, right? Their product's not for you, and that's their business decision. They don't owe you Facebook. They don't owe you Twitter. And, right, so it's just really bizarre. Um, I think the entire conversation is just people being stupid right that not they don't really, yeah. they think they're like you said the plain example they feel entitled to these platforms that didn't exist 10 20 years ago and now if like it's uh Ayn Rand would call it rewriting reality right well I would it's not quite because it's not reality but it's like well I would have built Facebook differently well then go build a different Facebook right um right and and yeah
1: and 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 we can talk you know we can talk about some of the, the issues there. You know, there is intellectual property really clamps down on competition in this space, right? If you try to use anything that looks too much like Facebook or, or Twitter functionality, I'm sure they have patents or, or trademarks or copyrights on different um, aspects of their technology that prevent anyone from doing something similar. So that, so that really hinders. True, but... You don't think it's true?
0: No, no. I mean, no, there's Snapchat, then Instagram took Snapchat stories and made Instagram stories. Right. And like, there's, I mean, it's in the, and there's so many tweaks you can make. I, I think people, I think that people are just lazy to innovate more. So, I mean, I don't know the details of how IP applies to software, but I, I'm, very skeptical. well and, and and
1: there are there are plenty of competitors out there now right yeah. like there's minds there's different things like that no there's, one's moved I mean, over there because the largest audience is on facebook but
0: right and it's it's so it's the network effect right you yeah. something gains value as more people use it um yeah. but i i mean there's Hatreon that competes with patreon there's some uh right right twitter right like there are competitors but again people don't uh Use them yet, but they're not good enough, right? I think uh, I think they will be eventually, right? This this is a f- still a new field, right? This is a new entire massive field of tech, um, in my view. Yeah,
1: yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, it kind of started with MySpace. MySpace is now gone and defunct, you know. And, right. and there's constantly new. Things coming out like TikTok is a new hot place, right? Yeah, and and, and there's um, some other
0: co- one out of China now that's trying to compete with TikTok, and it looks very similar to TikTok, apparently.
1: Right, right. So yeah, so no, that's that's fair. Right,
0: and I mean, fundamentally, was- though, like I think the government shouldn't regulate this stuff at all. To the degree it has any validity to regulate anything, it would be policing specific users the same way they'd police that user's behavior in real life to the degree that anyone thinks that is allowable by the government and that's it. Right. And, and it's just, they need to be able to do that well, right. They have to figure out how to do their job as police properly online and that's it, yeah. but in terms of regulating the functions and, and, and these- if
1: they don't figure that out just perfectly now they're 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 gonna be <laughs> in in trouble right now here's the thing the, these big tech companies are going to be able to figure this out they're gonna find the right balance they're all you know they are connected to the oligarchy um, it's the upstart media companies that are really going to have to worry about this type of executive order because, uh, as soon as they start moderating, they're now going to be hit with a bunch of lawsuits from, uh, from people. And that's going to be, it's going to make it difficult for them to to compete. Uh, so well, I mean, you know, I, the- I, see, I think this executive order is basically entrenching, uh, Twitter, the Twitter and Facebook monopoly on social media in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah. I'd have to think about that more. I mean, that is, that is what tends to happen with things, with regulations. I just, I don't know enough to, or I've not thought enough about it to know if that, if this regulation would do that. But I think fundamentally the only issue is what, what you did highlight in your post is that no one has a right to come to my house and spit on my shoes. And that's what people are arguing that these social media companies should be forced to do. They should be forced to let whoever wants to say anything on their platforms. And I just don't think that's true. I don't think that can be true. And all of the arguing is around that. Um,
1: I I mean, imagine having us built this amazing company and having people coming into your company and (laughs) using the very platform that gives them a voice to, uh, to just insult you. I mean, would Trump, would Trump allow that? Would Trump allow someone in his organization to come into his organization and constantly say, you know, say derogatory things about him? Of course not.
0: Right. Well, and I think this comes down to people's inability to think in principle, because let's say, okay, everyone's posting these uh, blackout cubes or squares or whatever, right? And if Twitter decided or Instagram decided they're racist and like Instagram says, I don't like black people. I'm going to block all of these. Do you think people would leave Instagram? No, they'd just get mad on Twitter, right? But people wouldn't take right. a principled stance and stop patronizing a company, right? Yeah. And so because they refuse to be principled and they think their life depends on Instagram, they just mm-hmm. try and force the government to make Instagram what they want rather yep. than imagine if a million people, if one million people went to a new platform, that would be a pretty successful platform and it would get the ball rolling but they're not, but no yeah. one has principles. So they just say, Oh, the government has to force the platform all I'm already using to be how I want it to be. Right. But so again, I'm very much in line with you on all of this stuff. I just don't think this specific and maybe it's the slippery slope argument as well. But I just didn't feel like, I didn't think, not feel, I didn't think that um, this I th- was a, a big issue. And I think it's from my reading of it, mostly to de- Decide where these platforms fit in the current legal framework, but the the whole legal framework is yeah. is wrong. But
1: that's right? but that's not the job of the government. That's the job of the courts to figure out right based on context, based on specific circumstances. Um, you know, you can't just write these catch all rules and say in every single case a platform is not a publisher, or in every single case, um, you know. That's fair. Yeah, well,
0: I mean, this isn't this is like an investigation, right? It's telling the justice guy to look into it and come up with recommendations and stuff. Well, they're trying right. to create a
1: one size fits all regulatory scheme for this thing. And, yeah. you know, again, this has to be done in a decentralized common law uh, and there has to be precedent taken into account. And, and like uh, you know, the, the goal here should be to, to have justice done, not to impose rules uh, and then more rules to make up for the un- negative unintended consequences well, yeah. of the previous rules, which is yeah. kind of what this is. Well, my, and I think this is, estimation.
0: I think the most important thing to note about this regulation as such is that you're going to just see how messy and how arbitrary government regulation is generally because tech moves too quickly, the internet moves too fast, there's too yeah. many variables. And it's not going to be like trying to regulate car manufacturing or something. It's going to be impossible right. and it's going to really highlight to anyone who pays any attention. Cause I'm sure there are areas of the law that are this messy already, but I mean, apparently it's quite messy generally, but I think this will be next level. Cause when you think of how yep. complex the internet is, these platforms are um, it's just going to show to the degree the government tries to regulate them it will show the ineptitude of the attempt, um, the inability to. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, what comes to mind for me.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, you know, the other thing is that these these companies, uh, Facebook and Twitter, I mean, they don't just operate in the States, right? So you got to think about every single legal regime and their different requirements and liabilities mm-hmm. across the world. And it seems like, again, these these tech companies that are best able to uh, cater to the government are the ones that are going to do well. And the ones, the upstarts that are going to have to try to navigate this twisty and turning Different legal regimes are are going to be uh, have have a difficult time ahead of them. Yeah. But I, I mean, there are like that there are common law precedents for a lot of these things. You know, that this is where you know common law said that a publisher was responsible for what it published. Right? It, it's an act of commission. They're mm-hmm. going to the printing press and they're physically. Printing something, they're doing something positive to put that information out into the world. Um, But there, there have been other cases as well where you know, like a a notice board, a bulletin board at like a clubhouse, Mm. was found to be responsible liable for defamation when someone else posted a defamatory thing up there. So you know, there are precedents where platforms can be considered liable, even. You know, is is a bulletin board a platform or a publish, publication? I think that's up for debate, but you know, and I think these are relatively arbitrary distinctions. It it should be more well, like that's what, why
0: objectivism, did, I, I believe, rejects the idea that common law is somehow like infallible or good because it's one sure. person making a decision, right? Whereas yeah. you need a more like, and so for it takes, you want, yeah, to and they, they all to the think common of objective
1: principles. Right, and common law, you know, got defamation wrong, right? But at least common law allows for correction of right. things, whereas government doesn't really, right? This is why decentralization well, proper government is always better.
0: Proper government would, but uh, like the, the the whole role of government. That's an
1: oxymoron,
0: though, right? So what proper government? Yeah, you yeah. think that, anyways. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think this was. Uh, we didn 't come to any conclusions, but we definitely let 's call it floss the idea quite a bit. We explored a lot of the yeah. angles of um, of this issue, and so I think it will at least make people think about it differently rather than right now, many people are just kind of on a side with most issues right So I think this definitely highlights that and i 'd be interested to hear if anyone thinks we missed anything right what what yes. you know important points uh, do they have about? this right. issue. So please comment and uh, let us know.
1: Yeah. And one of the key points I, I want to make is that uh, Facebook and Twitter cannot infringe your right of free speech. They can't <laughs> infringe it. They, they're right. not, not going to lock in a cage. They're not going to fine you. The, the most they can do to you is not let you use their property. That's it. And that's not an infringement of your free speech any more than me kicking you off my property for insulting my wife is an infringement of your free speech. It's just me enforcing my property right. And your free speech is just a property right. It says the government can't touch you or your property for the things you say. Uh, and that same right says that you can kick the government or anyone else off your property for the things they say. So that's it. It's just a property right. That's it. Nothing more magic than that.
0: All right. Thanks, Tim. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Be sure to check us out on Facebook. We're going to be launching a Patreon soon. So stay tuned for that. And uh, tune in next time.
1: Peace.